Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline, we've got madness, I tell you, abject madness. Brady blanked. New York football needs an intervention. One NBA team has lost its freaking mind. So much to do, so little time. Let's get there. Here we go! Only one place to start. Greeny's Takes. All right, the place we're going to start today is going to be with my takes, which will be the Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Crazy circumstances today. None of the guys were able to stick around after Get Up, but that's no problem because I've got the assembled members of the hashtag crew. Hembo is here. Nuno's here. Bubba's here. And I have my five primary takeaways from a very interesting weekend in the NFL. Number five. I say weekend because my first stop is Saturday night. Nobody wants to play the Colts. Not only have they won seven of their last nine games, not only are they plus 118 points in that span, but they're also a team that plays a way no one wants to deal with. Like, it's one thing to say, oh, I've got a scheme that can shut down Tom Brady. I've got a scheme that can slow down Aaron Rodgers. No one has a scheme for stopping Jonathan Taylor. And Mike Tyson famously said, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. That's all the Colts want to do. They want to punch you in the face with Jonathan Taylor and that huge and awesome offensive line and a defense that plays. Now, we talked about them before the season began. We said their schedule early is so tough that they could get buried. And they kind of did. Enough that we forgot them. But I'll tell you what. The the road to the AFC is through the AFC is not going to go through Indy. But they can take the road less traveled. Where can't they go and win, Hembo? If you look at them, the places they may have to go. New England? We just saw that game. Kansas City? I don't know. I don't think that's a team Patrick Mahomes feels like playing against. I really don't. KC's defense has been so much better because they take the ball away. Indy just wants to run the ball down your throat. You tell me who it is that Indy can't beat in the AFC playoffs. There, there is no team in the AFC that Indy cannot beat if they're running the football downhill the way that they did against the Patriots. Jonathan Taylor isn't having a good season. He's not even having a great season. Jonathan Taylor is having an all-time great season as a running back, and he's sort of rendering all of Carson Wentz's you know, mishaps, miscues, sort of meaningless because he doesn't even have to... You know, put the ball in harm's way hardly well, ever. Put that in perspective. How is he having one of the all-time great? You got a stat for that? I do. So right now, Jonathan Taylor's averaging more than 100 yards a game. Right. He's averaging more than five and a half yards per carry, and he's averaging more than one touchdown per game. The last player to do all those things in the season. Was Don't o- tell me. Mm. Well, you're, uh, you, I heard the first name. Is it Earl Campbell? <laughs> no, 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 no. The last player to do that, it wasn't Earl Campbell. So you take another guess. Take another guess at me. Again, 100 yards a game, five and a half yards a clip, and he's averaging more than one touchdown per game. It's been a while. So a while. So you're going to tell me it's, it's not Adrian Peterson. He's the last running back to win MVP. He did not do this. Even the year he won MVP, he did not do this. It's going to go back farther than that is what you're telling me. Mm-hmm. I saw the way your, your your mouth started forming the word. I thought <laughs> you were saying Earl. So it's not. Just tell me who it is. It's O.J. Simpson in oh. 1975. And before that, Jim Brown in 1958. Those are the only two such season. My goodness, he really is having one of the great seasons of all time. That's a team nobody wants to play. Number four. The Steelers are the team everybody wants to play, but they're going to mess around and win that division. The AFC North, which at one point this season I think I may have said might be the best division in football, might actually be the worst. (laughs) Everybody stinks equally. And when that's the case, 
Take the coach who figures out how to win. Take the quarterback who figures out how to win. You can say Tennessee gave them that game yesterday, and you'd be right. But somehow teams like Pittsburgh are always the team other teams give the game to. No one ever gives the game to the Jets. No one ever gives the game to bad teams. They give the games to teams that know how to win at the end, that don't give them back. So the Steelers, by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin, literally hold on by an inch twice in three weeks, right? Three weeks ago, they hold on by an inch against Baltimore uh, Baltimore on a, on a two-point conversion. That's an inch away. Yesterday, they're an inch away on that fourth down play. In between, they lose by a 1,000 to Cincinnati, and yet they're still right there. The Steelers are a half a game out of first in the AFC North. And whoever it is that comes out of that division is going to be the team everybody in the playoffs wants to play. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. We're doing my takes. Number three. The Giants make me feel better about the Jets. Nuno, watching your Giants actually makes me feel less awful about being a Jet fan. Now, I saw a story over the weekend. And I just don't know if it's true or not. Is it true that they offered medium sodas? <laughs> medium sodas to all season ticket holders at the game as, a, I don't know, a thank you or whatever one might call that. One might call it a slap in the face. <laughs> like a thorough insult and miscalculation. Is that an accurate statement? I saw that story over the weekend. I could not find anyone to tell me if it's true or not. So, yes, they offered uh, a every season ticket holder. But here's the caveat. So let's say you and I uh, have season tickets together, right. but my name is on, on those tickets. Only you get a medium I only, soda? Only I get a medium soda. So you don't get one. Only I get one. A I mean, medium? they can't just be giving out medium sodas to everyone here. Let's not get crazy here. <laughs> a yes. medium soda. So let, let's... let's uh, appreciate our fans when you're playing the Cowboys and at least half that stadium was filled with Cowboy fans. Did the Good job. You know, I, they couldn't see, obviously, they were hoping the medium soda would bring in all the Giant fans. Like, I was going to give my ticket to a Cowboy fan. I was going to sell it. But, oh, no, hold on a second. I can get me a medium soda for, the, for nothing. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I know it's going to cost me $9 million to go to this game and take my entire day. But what the heck? I can get a medium soda. And then the game starts, and it's even worse. The medium soda was the best part of the day for a Giant fan. God, do they stink. They make me feel better about the Jets. We'll talk about them with Nuno a little bit later. Number two. Number two is I lied. Nothing makes me feel better about the Jets. Nothing. The Jets played a really good first half yesterday. Enough that I was saying, you know, this feels like progress. I don't care if they win or lose today. I'm going to feel good coming out of this day. And then the second half started. And I realized... The Jets had three first downs in the second half. The the only points they scored were on a pick six because Tua is unimaginably average. (laughs) Um, But but the Jets are so incredibly bad. They're on pace to allow 30 points per game for the first time since 1975. I can't believe that's all it is. Like, that game actually, I wound up feeling worse than it started. Like, the first half was good. The quarterback is regressing. The coaching staff is clueless. The team is terrible. This season cannot end fast enough. It's like a, a sprint to get this year over with so that it stops doing damage. We need, to, we need to minimize the damage that is being done to the young quarterback by the season continuing. You're watching the Lions play? Like, they play with such heart and fight and everything. The Jets look like they want the season to end faster than I want it to end. 
These are my takes. Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Number one. Number one, John Harbaugh is an unreal coach just for having his team in these games. The fact that he is there at the ends of these games is a testament to him. When you look at all the... They lost enough players before the game began. Their season should have been over before it started. The fact that they were there to make a decision that I questioned at the very end on the two-point conversion and the play call is a testament to the greatness of John Harbaugh as a coach. And so I want to finish that thought. I, I will say, Harbaugh is a great coach. A great coach. And one of the things that makes him great is his total lack of fear of being second-guessed. He made the easy-to-question decision yesterday, and it, it bit him. I mean, at the end, you know, you do have to judge things based on the outcome. doesn't mean it was the right or the wrong thing to do, but it, it, it does ultimately wind up biting them. They've lost three straight games by a combined total of four points. They are like four plays away from being 11-3. and three. And when you consider all the players they're playing without, you have to give Harbaugh all the credit in the world. That said, I turn to my vice president of analytics, one Mr. Hembo. Here's the problem with analytics in football. Analytics work, they make sense, because analytics tell us what happened in the past, and they can project the likelihood of things happening in the future based on that. I totally understand it, it makes sense, and it is a tool. However, those things are based on, if you played this scenario out a thousand times, this is the most likely outcome. But football is a sport of scarcity. So in baseball, if you make the analytics-driven decision every single time, in the end, it will wind up working out for you because you will make 150 of those decisions, and that's enough for the odds to play out meaningfully. Basketball, too. But in football, you might have five of them over the course of an entire year. They might all go against you. You go for the two, and every single time it doesn't work, which is why I think in football— I would be much more inclined to eschew the analytics in favor of, for lack of a better word, the gut. Managing by the gut, as they would call it in baseball, which is to say, look at the game, look at the circumstances, look how my team is playing, feel the momentum, which analytics cannot take into account. If I'm the Ravens yesterday, I would have kicked that extra point. Taking out of the equation, I hate the play they called and ran for the two, I would have kicked the extra point and taken my chances from there. That would have been my decision, even though the analytics go the other way. Will you yell at me? No, because, in fact, John Harbaugh made the wrong decision both times the Ravens scored. You should have gone for the two the first time. What analytics say, as we all now know, is that when you're down eight, if the intention is to win the game during regulation, you go for two then, because in order to win, you have to convert the two-point conversion once. Right. He kicked it there. At that point, he went against analytics and went off of feel. So now they're down seven. When they scored the last touchdown to be down only one, analytics actually say, because we can run these numbers, the Ravens would have had a better chance to win by kicking that one. So we're going to you know, sort of howl and scream into the wind today saying analytics, analytics, analytics. John Harbaugh followed them, and it didn't work out. In reality, he made two wrong decisions yesterday. But I don't know if they were more based upon the analytics or the guts in his mind at the time, but both wound up 
The, the, the sequence thereof wound up costing his team the game. So this is not really a, a case in which he relied on analytics to his detriment. He actually failed on both counts. That's in interesting to me. It was the game of the day mm. by far for drama and consequence and everything else. So I want to hear what the hashtag crew thinks of it. We'll get Bubba and Nuno uh, with their takes on this as well in just a moment. Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide, and you can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299. No contract. All on America's best networks. Straight Talk wireless 5g capable device required actual availability coverage and speed may vary so i want to hear from the hashtag crew on that i also want their takes off of the weekend for their team's games and coming up i will share my thoughts on one team that has lost its freaking mind all that is on the way my name is greeny and this is espn radio greeny the podcast Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. All right, the the breaking news here, um, if you are one who, like I was, was wondering whether the Browns would get either or both of their quarterbacks back for tonight's game against the Raiders, the answer is no. Diana Rossini tweeted moments ago, and now Shefty has, that the Browns uh, have officially activated one player from their reserve COVID list for tonight's game, and it's a safety. They have not activated Baker Mayfield or Case Keenum. So Nick Mullins is going to start the game for Cleveland tonight against the Raiders. What, what is the number on that game again? Cleveland? The Browns are a three-point favorite. Now, if they had Mayfield, would that be seven, seven and a half? Probably six and a half. Six and a half? Somewhere in that neck of the If way. they had Keenum? Probably five. Or six, <laughs> and, and so here, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think the step down from Baker to Keenum is that big a one. The way Baker has been playing, down to Mullins brings up a lot of question here. So we'll see what winds up happening. But either way, I know a lot of people were kind of holding off on what they expected tonight, mm-hmm. based upon who would be at quarterback. 
So let's just go around the horn here real quick with the guys here. We'll do What's On Your Mind, brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. Again, the assembled members of the hashtag crew, Browns minus, what'd you say, three? Browns minus three. Browns minus three with Nick Mullins, a quarterback at home against the Raiders. Hembo, who you got? I like the Raiders, especially with that number. Bubba, who you got? I'm taking the Raiders. Uh, Nuno, who you got? Raiders. Okay. Everyone going the other way. I stay with the Browns. Hmm. I, I, I don't think they've been winning because of their quarterback or their quarterback play. The Raiders look like a team that is ready for their season to end right now. Uh, I like the, the Browns to win this game tonight at home, and they will cover the number. That said, I also wanted to ask the guys their thoughts before we get into their takes on the decision by Harbaugh to go for the two at the end of the game yesterday. It, w- it was the... It was the moment in the NFL yesterday. And again, the Ravens have lost three consecutive ridiculous heartbreakers. Again, three losses in a row by a combined total of four points that have taken them from being the number one seed in the AFC to being, at this moment, out of the playoff picture. Nuno, did he do the right or the wrong thing going for the two? I understand it, but I think based upon trying to uh, be nice to the nerds, uh, I think he made the wrong, right decision at the wrong time. So when you were watching, what do you mean he made the right decision at the wrong, what does that mean? So it was, the, as Pembo said in the previous segment, that uh, he should have gone for two, the touchdown beforehand, and not there. So you think it was the wrong, either way, the last minute of the game, you think he made the wrong call going for the two? I do, but here's the caveat that we're all forgetting, right? And it is they would have had 42 seconds left. You're mm-hmm. telling me Aaron Rodgers can't get them in field goal position? Mm. Oh, of course he could. But he could do that even if they tie it, right? You, you have the, a similar chance of losing the game. I understand that Rodgers might have acted with a little more desperation down one, might, might have taken a risk that he wouldn't otherwise take. It's not exactly the same situation, but it's relatively close. So Nuno says... This is why people shake nerds. <laughs> he disagrees with Harbaugh. How about you, uh, Bubba? Yes or no, Harbaugh did the right thing going for the two. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I, yeah, I agree with Hembo that he, in the analytics that he should have gone for two when they were up eight. I do always like that. And I, I agree that they should have gone for two. I like going for the win. Disagree with the play call. Okay, yeah. I hated the play call. Not, not a good play call. I, in fact, I, I almost tweeted, Bubba, by the way, has the Micah Parsons jersey today. Great man. Um, I, I almost tweeted in that moment, if that was the play they were going to run, they should have kicked the extra point. Mm, like, yeah, I mean, honestly. That offense looked so good with Huntley. And he's just dropping back. He can survey the field. He can run left or right. They just basically ran a play that was just, this is it. Boom, boom. One read, one decision. It either works or it doesn't. I thought the kid was playing well enough that they could have given him a little more than that. That's what I thought anyway. I don't disagree with you. I actually ran the numbers for Rex this morning on TV. When you, uh, when you roll your quarterback out in that situation, you convert 38% of the time on average. When you don't, you keep him in the pocket. You convert 53% of the time on average, and that sort of backs up what you're saying. When, when he had the opportunity to survey the whole field, Tyler Huntley was an assassin in the fourth quarter. Yesterday. Tyler Huntley is good. And he looked really good yesterday. And I kept trying to bring this up with the guys on Get Up this morning, and no one was having any of the how does it look relative to the Lamar Jackson offense conversation. And I understand that. Don't get me wrong. By no means am I suggesting we have a quarterback controversy in Baltimore. What I am suggesting, however, is that when you watch Huntley run that offense in Baltimore, it looks different and sometimes looks a little better. Um, Maybe there are things that can be adapted to. I I don't know. I'm not sophisticated enough of a, of a football person to be able to tell you exactly why, because it can't just be the player. Like, it can't just be Tyler Huntley is better than Lamar Jackson. That, that's not the right answer. So the right answer, Dan Orlovsky kind of was dancing around this today, was saying when you're the backup, you just do the simple things. 
You just take, you just decide, I'm not going to be the reason my team loses the game instead of trying to make some of the spectacular plays that Lamar routinely makes. And we credit Lamar all the time for winning games they have no business winning by making those plays. But maybe every now and again, taking the simple play, making the simple play, as we see when Huntley does it, is actually the better decision, and maybe it'll start moving in that direction. Again, do not, I'm not in any way suggesting that there is a quarterback controversy or should be one in Baltimore. But, boy, I like this kid, Tyler Huntley. He looks the part, doesn't he? He and, looks good. And, by the way, is there a player in the NFL this year that is always more open than Mark Andrews? Yeah. Like, that's, that guy is never not open. So much so Except on the, for on the two-point <laughs> conversion at the end of the game But he yesterday. missed that throw by two feet. Like, if he puts that ball on the pylon, I bet he catches the ball. That guy just catches everything. So that's what Tyler Huntley did yesterday. He's like, I'm just going to throw the ball to Mark Andrews every time, and almost every time he caught it. He also runs really well. Mm-hmm. Here's what I would say watching that game. And let me ask you this question, Nuno. Are there 32 better quarterbacks currently walking the face of planet Earth than Tyler Huntley? God no, we God no. Yeah, I mean he would be better. He's he looks better. Look, how many games has he played? Like three. So it's ridiculous for us to overstate it. But I had sort of forgotten that he was a pretty highly touted guy coming out of college at Utah and all that kind of stuff. They were, you know, they did the story mm-hmm. on it last night. And like right now, is he a better starting quarter? If, if if we were to go through the list of starting quarterbacks in the NFL, would we find ten? That we say you'd rather have Tyler Huntley than that guy? Yes, most definitely. Because what I think the last couple games demonstrate is that what the Ravens do, what the Ravens do offensively is not not like quarterback proof, but I think you can put most guys in that system that are reasonably athletic that can make throws for which the offense plays up. I think Tyler Huntley has, like he obviously has, has shown, he has the skills to do some really nice things. I think it also shows that that offense is really, really quarterback friendly, perhaps uh, more friendly than we thought when, uh, when Lamar Jackson was there because Lamar Jackson didn't, you know, has had a sort of an up and down season. All right, all right, fair enough. One way or the other, let's get on to some other business here. Mm-hmm. I'm Greeny. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Small business protection just got easier with more than 30 coverage options available. Progressive has you covered more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Uh, let me get the hashtag crew takes here for this morning. I mentioned that Bubba is wearing a Micah Parsons jersey. Now, now Hembo asked me a question. I don't know the answer. That game was here yesterday. Bubba, did you go to the Cowboy Giant game yesterday? Because I certainly heard a lot of your Cowboys brethren in the stands. <laughs> I did not, no. No. Okay, b- b- because you had other things to do or you didn't feel well, what was the reasoning behind not going to see the, the Cowboys were in your vicinity in a very winnable game, to say the least. Well, I mean, I, I would have gone if Nuno wanted to go. You know, I feel like, you know. Nuno, Nuno could have given you a, a, a free medium soda. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that medium soda was involved. If you could have gotten, let me ask you this. Had you known that you could have gotten a free medium soda, would it have influenced your decision to go or not go? Yes. Okay, so let me then ask you about your Cowboys. <laughs> Micah Parsons is ridiculously good. Trayvon Diggs is ridiculously good. The defense, I don't even know what to say about the defense because they were when, when Mike Glennon is quarterbacking the Giants, I don't even know where to begin. I'm going to let Nuno talk about them in a minute. <laughs> yeah, so that's, uh, I don't even know what one. to say. That's rough. But the Cowboy offense just looks terrible. They yep, do not look does. good. What what is your go ahead? You you watch this thing with the eye of a fan. What are you seeing from yeah, the Cowboys? I, I don't know. It, it's still just disjointed because it, it's not just Dak. It's it's the whole offense is disjointed, and I don't know what it is. But we, I mean, somehow we're moved up to second in the NFC with the Bucks loss and the and the Cardinals loss, which is which is great. So I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to make of all this, but you know, maybe maybe we can still uh, we're we're sneaking up to the first first you know first place in the NFC here. 
but there's just something wrong with the, in the, with the offense, and I don't know. I don't know what it is because it's 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 more than just Dak, which originally we're like, oh, there's something wrong with Dak, but the, the play calling and Ceedee Lamb's just going out with one hand. He can't see the ball. There's just something wrong with the offense overall, and I don't know what it is, but the defense just keeps carrying him enough. And when you play Mike Glenn, it doesn't really matter. Um, eventually, again, they're going to play a good team. We're going to have to see if they can step up. But oh, they play Kansas City this week, don't they? No, no, Pittsburgh plays Kansas City no, this they, week. I mean, the only other hard game is Arizona. Arizona. Lost to the Lions. And they look so, awful, yeah. I mean, yeah. And then it's just basically going to be Arizona and then the playoffs. So right. we'll see. You know, I would imagine they can at least win one, two games in the playoffs. But based on their offense right now, I just don't see them going deep into the playoffs. Can I ask you another question? Sure. What the actual heck was Mike McCarthy doing at the end of the half? How does he not call a timeout with 10 or 11 seconds left and try and score a touchdown there? How the hell does he do that? I mean, I feel like, I don't know, what is this, the, what week are we in? So this is the... Uh, 14th week. Yeah, so this is the uh, 14th time we've had this conversation. <laughs> that's the one thing, I mean, the Cowboys might get someone to the playoffs and it's going to be Mike McCarthy who's going to be the one that's going to send him back with his decision making. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I can't answer it. It's every, every week he makes some... Some decision, he's he's blocked by the big screen, he's blocked by a camera guy, he doesn't know what the time, he, there's always some crazy excuse, he doesn't know what's going on, so I don't know, I can't explain it. But Is every, this the soundbite I have up here? Every uh, week no, no. he does something wrong, yeah, it that's makes the no one. sense. So, so I want you to hear the explanation. For anyone who didn't see this game, first off, God bless you, because you, you, you're much better off not having seen it, because it was horrific. But, so... The Cowboys get the ball. Saquon Barkley fumbles literally for the first time in his NFL career. The Cowboys get the ball. They're driving down to try and score. They have um, t- they, 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 they complete a pass to the tight end, Schultz. He's on, where was he, about the 10-yard line-ish? There are 11 seconds when they sort of stand him up and the whistles start to blow. The Cowboys can call a timeout right then, and they will have at least one crack at the end zone before they kick a field goal. They choose to allow the clock to tick down to three seconds and just kick it. And when I say choose, Mike McCarthy explained afterwards that was a decision he consciously made. We were right on the threshold of the ozone. You know, what we, we, we call it, we, you know, we have terms for all those situations. Ozone. So um, instead of going, you know, one more play and then and then kick it, um, you know, I, I wanted the three points here. So that, 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 that was, we call that an ozone situation. What, what, what does that mean? What is the ozone situation? The only ozone I'm aware of is the ozone layer. What, what is he talking I about? I thought he was going to say he was blocked by the ozone. That's why he, <laughs> he couldn't see through the ozone. Yeah, he couldn't see because, you know, East Rutherford, there's a lot, of, a lot of pollution in the ozone. He couldn't see where they were, and he wasn't sure. So the ozone, yeah, I don't know. It's a new term, I guess. Is that the, the red area? Is the new the ozone? I don't, I don't know. know. Like, I thought maybe I just don't know this, but Rex had never heard of it before. RC had never <laughs> heard of it. RC thinks he just made it up in that moment. Like, I don't, I don't know what the hell he's doing, but I can't decide which of these is worse. Which is worse? That Mike McCarthy didn't think to call the timeout quickly enough and then was just making an excuse afterwards or thought his best option there was not to let his quarterback and all these stars he has on offense try and score a touchdown with that much time remaining. Like, I'm not sure which one of those would be. If I'm a fan of the... he wanted the three. As though though those things are mutually exclusive. (laughs) Like, like, yeah, you does he not get the three? Does he not trust Dak not to take the sack? Does he not trust him not to throw a pick? Does he not try? Like, what, what, what exactly? He was worried about Mike Glennon. I, that's the only. I mean, that's the only Too thing. Much time. He was yes, exactly. Give him, give him three seconds if they score. <laughs> like, at what point do you not look at that game and 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 say? 
we cannot score here and we're still going to win. Yeah. Like the Giants, the only thing they could have done was run the ball and that was it because Mike Glennon, oh God. Yeah, like, Glennon cannot like get at what point, like, and I'm going to, uh, Joe Judge, like at what point in that game did you really think that like, or, that it hit you that, oh, maybe Mike Glennon shouldn't be out there, that let's just try to see what Jake Fromm can give us. Like, was there a Mensa meeting that you had to go to to figure this out? Because it was clear and obvious and painful from the beginning that Mike Glennon is not the answer to any question. Yes. Uh, if, if Mike Glennon is the answer. 24, 99 yards, three interceptions. <laughs> oh. I, I'm sorry. I, I talked over that. Say it again, Nuno. Uh, Bubba, say it again. Mike Lennon's stats were 13 of 24 for 99 yards and three interceptions. That's <laughs> tough to do. If, and the interceptions were just of the oh. of the most awful variety. Yeah, when you bad. know when the guy that officiated your wedding, Dan Orlowski, is taking shots at you on Twitter, <laughs> you know that isn't working. Like, what are we doing? Like... You know, uh, did Joe Dan Judge, Orlovsky officiate Mike Glennon's uh, wedding? Apparently, I saw that wow, uh, that news. he officiated his uh, his uh, wedding. There was a response. One of the giant reporters uh, like quote tweeted Orlovsky being like, "Mike Glennon is not the answer," and it was like, "This is coming from the guy who officiated his wedding." <laughs> so you knew you're in a bad situation. Like Joe Judge is talking about building the foundation. They have this right foundation. Like I don't get it anymore. Like. It just needs to blow up. Like, if you're looking for a guy who to build the right foundation, Joe Judge and East Rutherford, find the guys who bury Jimmy Hoffa. They know how to <laughs> pour foundation. I'll tell you this, too. Like, there was a time, I think I'm the only one in this conversation old enough to remember it, when the Giants were so bad that the league had to step in. I don't think they were worse then than they are now. Like, they are so bad right now. They're impossible to watch. Like, that game yesterday was genuinely so – they could still be playing and they would not have scored. Like, they could still be playing that game right now and they would not have scored. Mike Glennon is an all-time great at looking bewildered. He looks, <laughs> he looks like when he left the home, his house uh, in the morning before the game, his wife said, please don't get hurt. And then she hands him a lunchbox <laughs> – which includes Lunchables and Fruit Gushers inside of it. And he, and he makes it back home, and he threw three interceptions, but he made it back in one piece, so he did his job. He looks bewildered. All right, coming up, we, we have so much to get to here. Everything is going longer than I expected to, which is a good sign because it means we have a lot to say. Uh, we very rarely get away from football on these Mondays, but there are three other stories that positively require it today, including one that involves a team that has lost its freaking mind. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
Busy day today, almost wall-to-wall football on these Mondays. I do have a couple of other stories I need to get to. But as we bring together the assembled members of the Hashtag crew, we have Nuno, who's just wailing at the moon about the Giants, and I don't blame him. You have Bubba, who is feeling a little conflicted about his Cowboys, which I get. And now we get ourselves to Hembo. Now, your Eagles, haven't play, they play tomorrow, right? Tomorrow night, they play Washington. The ever-popular Tuesday night game, mm. which obviously these circumstances are, are just yeah. unimaginable. And, and I will repeat for anyone just joining us, Neither of the two Browns quarterbacks got off the COVID list today. That game will be played without Case Keenum or Baker Mayfield. So the Browns will have Mullins at quarterback. That that just came out in the last half hour or something, if you're just joining us. So no Stefanski for Browns tonight and no Mayfield and no Keenum as they take on the Raiders. That said, Hembo, what was your number one takeaway from yesterday? My number one takeaway was that Aaron Rodgers makes one throw every single game that I've never seen before in my life watching football. Yeah. Now, I tweeted that yesterday right after he made that th- ridiculous throw over the middle, the Marquez Valdez Scantling. I mean, if, when they showed the back angle of it, when he released the football, he was just sort of entering his break and threw the ball to a space that did not exist. Um, I think the answer to the question, you know, in the history of pro football, you know, if you had to you know, choose one quarterback to win one game for you, I think the answer to that question is likely always going to be Tom Brady. But if you change that question to, in the history of pro football, you need one quarterback to make one throw for you, I think the clear answer to that question is Aaron Rodgers. Throw for throw, Greeny. He is the best quarterback I have ever seen. He's the best quarterback that ever lived, throw for throw. I, I think that. He, I've said it many times. Brady's the goat, uh, and Rodgers is the boat. And the remarkable stat, and I tweeted it yesterday, in Packers history, you saw that Rodgers tied far for most touchdown passes. Aaron Rodgers has thrown 442 touchdowns as a Packers quarterback. Brett Favre threw 442 touchdowns with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers has thrown 93 interceptions. Brett Favre threw 288. (laughs) It's just unimaginable. Now, Favre is the all-time record holder for most interceptions. He threw more interceptions than any quarterback ever. So you don't need to use him as the juxtaposition to put up numbers that show you just how ridiculously good Rodgers is. But Rodgers manages to be the gunslinger without the downside. He manages to be the guy who makes the tight window throw and, and all that kind of stuff without ever throwing the pick. It's impossible. What is he now, 30 touchdowns and four picks this year? Yeah, 30 and four this season. For his career, he throws five times as many touchdowns as interceptions. For any all-time great quarterback, a five-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio is like their best season. He's now done it, obviously, since 2005. It, there is... There's never been a quarterback like him before that can blend big playability with risk aversion, and he's not slowing down anytime soon. He's the, he's the MVP of the league this year, I think, uh, without question. They're the number one seed in the NFC. He's been the best player in the sport for a long time. He's never been better than he is right now. He's never played better than he's playing right now. Anyway, we'll have a ton more football as we go, but I do want to get in three other takes. Greenies takes. So give me a little music over there, uh, Bubs, because I, I want to give you three other quick takes here. Uh, And and so I'll just go through them kind of quickly because I want to get back to the football. Number three. But here's the deal. Charlie Woods is now the second biggest star in the game of golf. And I don't mean that as a joke. I don't think it's a good thing. Like, I don't think it's good to be 12 years old and for people to be reacting to you the way he is. I blame no one for that because it just is what it is. This event exists Tiger comes back and plays in it. Tiger looks good. The world is consumed with him. Tiger is the biggest star in golf. Right now, I think Charlie is second. You're t- who is it you would rather watch play golf right now than him? If I told you you could either watch Charlie Woods, Jordan Spieth, Rora McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, whoever you want. If his name isn't Tiger, who would it be? 
Based upon what I saw yesterday, the answer to that question is Charlie I'm Woods. more fascinated in watching him than anybody else. So it's a ridiculous thing, but I think it is actually true. Number two. Number two is Buck Showalter, who's the manager of the Mets. Uh, Bubba is a Met fan. How do you feel about it, Bubs? Go. Oh, very happy. This is who I wanted from the start. Wanted Buck. Last couple of years, we've had inexperienced managers who game after game after game just could not figure out how to manage the strategy of the game, didn't understand double switches, didn't understand how to get the bullpen ready. Simple things that Buck will know how to do. He knows how to win in New York, knows how to understand how to handle the media. I think it's the perfect manager for this team to win now. Ready to go. I do, too. He's an excellent manager. And again, I will admit to being hopelessly biased. Buck worked here at ESPN for a while. I got to know him well. I love him. So I am rooting for him like crazy, and I think it is a very good hiring. Number one. And then one, and you can lose the music on this, Bubs, because I'll, I'll just I'll spend the, the rest of the, of the block here talking about it. Someone needs to say this. The Nets are out of their freaking mind. Like, the idea that you're going to bring Kyrie Irving back to just play road games is just ludicrous to me. Now, I, I want to point out that in the history of the NBA, in the earliest days of the sport, this used to happen. There would be guys who would just play home games. Do you know why? It is because there was much more money to be made in other jobs. So, you know who Kiki Vandeweghe is? Yes. His father was Mm -hmm. Dr. Ernie Vandeweghe. He played for the Knicks, I think, in the 40s or the 50s. And he only played home games because he was a doctor. (laughs) And he did not want to travel all over the place playing these road games because in the NBA, you made like $8 a game and he was a doctor. It's 80 years ago. The NBA, you cannot do this. There's only one way this makes sense. And everyone I've asked, whoa, everyone tells me that's not the thinking, is the only way this makes sense is if they feel they have to showcase his ability to play in order to trade him. But you cannot have a player who's only going to play road games. This thing isn't getting better by the end of the season. There's no way in the world he's going to be playing home games in the playoffs. Can you imagine if they're in the freaking NBA finals and he's only playing road games and we were speculating on the air the other night on NBA countdown, do they want to try and slot themselves into a series where they get more road games than home games in the playoffs because it's advantageous? Would you rather be like the five seed than the one seed? This is the conversation we're having. Someone needs to point out this cannot work. It cannot work. So I, I, I'm, I'm taken aback at most people's reaction to this, which is, ooh, fascinating. Ooh, this makes the Nets better. Unless it convinces him to get vaccinated and become a regular player, I think it has no chance to work. That's what I think. We'll get back to the NFL and plenty of time for your calls and your hot takes, as always, coming up on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.